You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, here on Locked On Browns. As always, make sure you're following the accounts on Twitter at Locked On Browns, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, things to talk here today. Uh, obviously, another new acquisition on the offensive line we're going to get to here. I'm going to, in the second segment, try to pick your seven AFC playoff teams for the 2020 NFL season. We got some listener questions to get to. Um, so to begin here, um, obviously we've gotten into great detail here over the last week and a half or so about the now very empty guard position um, with the four players opting out due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, yesterday, yet another move was made. Um, brought in and signed was free agent Javon Fair. Javon Fair was an undrafted free agent this year with the Kansas City Chiefs. He did not make the cut from 90-man rosters to 80-man rosters, so the Chiefs moved on uh, from Javon Fair. Javon Fair, obviously a young man who grew up in Akron, Ohio, uh, was an athlete growing up. You know, As he continued to build, football became his main focus when he reached Firestone High School. Size, 6'2", 315. Um, 6'2", obviously not ideal when you're talking about you know anybody on the offensive line, but he does make up for that with 34-inch arms. Uh, he has an 81.5-inch wingspan, so that obviously, you know, do, you know whatever he's missing as far as overall height, the length is there um, as far as, you know, what constitutes and what works with offensive linemen. Played four years at Temple on the offensive line. Um, some film and watching him moves pretty well. Um, he was a guy, obviously, you know, he got pro day measurements. There were no times of anything of that nature. Um, Temple's been putting out some solid football players here now for a while. Um, so getting to replenish some of the depth, depth here, obviously, it, it, it was paramount um, with only two guards on the roster. Um, obviously, you were very, very slim. Yesterday with the uh, addition of Dunn and now today with Joe Von Fair, you have you know, starting to elevate some depth here where at least he can get a second-string offensive line on the field you know, to do some things here in training camp. Does he make the team? Obviously, way too early to tell here. Um, but an opportunity here as far as you know, um, him being able to move well, it does translate to what they want in this system. Uh, obviously, Coach Bill Callahan is a fantastic offensive line coach. Maybe this is somebody he can work with and you know, get him up to speed here as a reserve. Um, that's what camp is for, obviously, no uh, with no preseason games. It's going to be difficult to assess it from that way. Um, off the roster, uh, wave cornerback Jameson Houston. Obviously, with the signing of MJ Stewart, you were, you, know, you were now more solidified as far as proven NFL players within this cornerback room. So some of your long shots here, obviously, you know, a guy like Jameson Houston, his opportunity with the Cleveland Browns ends at this point. Um, so, you, you know, more talent into the cornerback room. You're getting some depth into the offensive line room. Um, so, you know, things there, obviously, that you have to, um, you, you were desperately needed and certainly needed to be addressed by general manager Andrew Berry here. Um, one Cleveland note here, and this is from the Indian standpoint. Uh, obviously, the news broke yesterday of Mike Clevenger. Uh, I, I can't even begin to describe the selfishness of, of one player. Um, it's A number one to do what he and Zach Plesak did. It's it's just bad at this point. Look, I mean, everybody is in this together. You're, you know, to be able to complete this season, obviously, as crazy as it is, there are rules to be followed. Um, Zach Plesak didn't do it. Mike Clevenger didn't do it. 
Um, but for Mike Clevenger to watch Zach Plesek get disciplined for you know disregarding the rules and going out, knowing he was there, um, knowing Zach Plesek was now forced to you know get a rental car and drive his butt back on to Cleveland, while Mike Clevenger sat in meetings, listened to the team talk about what Zach Plesak did about putting himself before the team and Mike Clevenger knowing he was guilty of the same infractions. It's it's just an absolutely terrible, terrible look. Obviously for the Indians, the starting pitching was fantastic to this point. Now you got a couple of major blows here. Um, but for him to get on a plane with his teammates, um, and certainly a Carlos Carrasco, a leukemia survivor, it just shows very, very poor taste. Um, you look like a bad teammate. Uh, the selfishness just rings out in spades. Mike Clevenger did not do himself any favors yesterday and certainly didn't do the Cleveland Indians any favors yesterday. Look, you do something wrong. You don't act like a kid. You hope it, you don't hope it goes away. Once they knew Zach Plesak uh, was out, you know, Clevenger needed to step up and speak up and say, look, it was me too. Um, just a horrible, horrible look all around. Uh, like I said, we are here at Tuesday training camp. We are now in day 10 of players working out, um, getting <clears throat> getting themselves into shape um, for everything that is going to come here on Friday. Uh, 2.30 practices kick off. Obviously, everybody's excited here. We're all going to get the opportunity to view it. We're going to get to see you know Baker and Odell and Jarvis and Nick and obviously Miles and Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, and our first look at a Jacob Phillips, a first look at a Grant Delpit. So it's really, really exciting that we're getting to this point here on Friday. It's been way too long um, until we've since we've seen these guys. Um, so you know the excitement for everybody is building. Um, this is fantastic on the, from the Browns' standpoint that they are going to televise this. Um, I've, as I've said, the Browns have always been one of the more populated uh, training camp practices. Um, obviously, the fans are going to be, you know, obviously locked out this year, which it hurts because, I mean, there is, it's amazing. And this is the one thing I have noticed with this fan base since I've been covering this team through this show in 2017 is the love uh, and just the love and the passion that you fans have for this Cleveland Browns franchise. And obviously all the most difficult times you've been through, but you guys are some loyal, loyal sons of guns. And it, it's really, really cool for the Cleveland Browns to be doing this and giving everybody the opportunity to you know get some of what they're missing this summer. Again, no preseason games, so at least the Browns here are hooking everybody up with an opportunity to uh, you know get their football juices flowing. If you were not subscribed on iTunes or on Spotify, let's go. Now is the time to do that. Smash the subscribe button, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, five-star ratings, go ahead and drop those bad boys. Written reviews, obviously always, you know, they bring more listeners to the show. They help the show with free publicity. I greatly appreciate you guys for all you do for me. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you are. Smash that subscribe button. Make sure you're following on iTunes and on Spotify. Like I said, we're going to get to me trying to figure out the seven playoff teams um, for 2020 from the AFC. Now you look at this, um, and now I, I guess I'll start in the AFC East. Obviously, this is the biggest opportunity for someone besides the New England Patriots to win the AFC East in 20 years. Um, 
with no longer Tom Brady being on the Patriots, with the amount of players that opted out of the 2020 season for the New England Patriots, it it's wide open. But is it truly wide open? With what the Jets have going on right now, um, how do you... I, I just don't see a season where you know the Jets are competing for much of all. I think they're going to be in line for another top 10 selection. Yes, they have four draft picks over the next two seasons. Coach Adam Gase, anyway, you slice it, it does not appear that there's one player happy to be playing for Adam Gase. So obviously the Jets, um, I think this year is about finding what you've gotten from the 2019 draft class. Hopefully you're seeing a player like Quinn and Williams turn around I'm sorry, uh, the 2020 class, Quinn and Williams turning around, um, you know, from a poor rookie year to being, you know, a lot better here in year two for the New York Jets. Sam Darnold, just another year of development. I think it's it's one of the weirdest things that's gone on for the last couple of seasons with the Jets is as poor as they have been. Sam Darnold is really, in my eyes, developing into a really, really good quarterback. Obviously, with what Baker did year one, with Lamar Jackson you know, winning the MVP last year, and even Josh Allen going to a playoff game last year, I think what Sam Darnold has done and his development in this league has gone really, really under the radar over the last two years. Some of it due to the fact that the Jets haven't been very successful. Some of it due to the fact that three other of his uh, five first-round classmates from 2018 have all found some success in some form, some way. The Jets are not going to be a good team this year, and that's okay. Um, the horizon is where the New York Jets are looking to. The Miami Dolphins. Um, and I remember uh, Travis Winfield used to work here with us coach, covering the long, uh, the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Travis is now off working in a similar capacity for the Miami Dolphins. I remember doing the crossover show with him. And that week looking at what the Dolphins roster was and even saying to Travis, you know, the old line from Major League, who the hell are these guys? And there was nothing on that team. Uh, nobody. But they played hard. Brian Flores had that team operating really, really hard, really, really well. They were working their butts off, even though there was not much talent there. Obviously now with an influx of talent, quarterback Tuatagliavola, who probably is not going to see much time here in his rookie year. That could change, but apparently it seems to be the Miami Dolphins game plan of now. Dolphins still with a surplus of draft assets for the 2021 NFL draft here. The Dolphins, it's just start about it, it, it's about replenishing this roster. Um, I think the brighter days are ahead for both the Jets and the Miami Dolphins. I just don't see 2020 as their time. This gets us to, you know, who's winning the AFC East? Look, the Bills were really close. The Bills were really close to beating New England twice last year in both games. First game in Buffalo, Josh Allen went down. Matt Barkley couldn't get it done. I still say if Josh Allen did not get injured in that game, he would have found a way to wheel them out a win. Um, then the second game was a primetime game in New England. Bills played tough, hung with him. Patriots just had a little bit more firepower. New England, Cam Newton. You got. I don't know what you have here with Cam Newton. Um, if Cam Newton's healthy, obviously he's... You know, one of the uh, you know, top quarterbacks in the game. The age is still there. It's not like the age is the question. It's just the brutal beating his body has taken over the last couple of seasons. Me, I'm going to go with one playoff team from the AFC East this year. And that one playoff team is going to be your division-winning AFC East, Buffalo Bills. 
AFC South. Um, this is also another interesting division here. Um, the Tennessee Titans obviously made their way all the way to the AFC Championship game last year. During the regular season, Ryan Tannehill really took a step in that Titans offense, was able to work off play action, hit a lot of big throws, put up a lot of yards, a lot of points for this team. He got really, really comfortable. He returns now on a new contract with the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry as well. Contract extension paid in full as the NFL leading um, NFL you know, rushing leader last year. Uh, you know, still there's plenty of assets there. You know, you're going to get a full season out of Jeffrey Simmons, who played really well in a limited role as a rookie last year. Uh, that defense is still, still really, really good. Um, maybe another addition to come. Still waiting for the, you know, Tennessee Titans. I think the Tennessee Titans are in a really, really, really solid spot to compete here in the AFC South. You look at the Jaguars. Obviously, still some time away. Um, you know, two first-round picks this year. You're going to take time for those guys to develop. Jacksonville, minimum a year and a half to two seasons away. Um, and this season for Jacksonville, is Gardner Minshew that dude? Is Gardner Minshew their guy going further? Showed really well as a rookie. Um, you know, high touchdowns to low interception rate. Really, really played well. Um, you know, we had talked about him as you know during his draft cycle is about whether or not he could have been somebody that could be a Baker Mayfield. Um, backup and maybe it would have worked but obviously Gardner Minshew for right now his future is looking pretty bright down in Jacksonville the Colts the Colts is really really interesting because you brought in Philip Rivers um, but where Philip is at right now I don't know he's a player where the Colts are saying you know what we've got Philip Rivers he can throw for 4,000 yards we got some really nice young pieces on defense we got Marlon back we got Jonathan Taylor I think Philip Rivers is going to be more game manager. I think they love their offensive line, and rightfully they should. Their offensive line is outstanding. You can run Michael Taylor 20 times a game. You can find a way to get Marlon Mack 15 touches per game. I think the key for the Indianapolis Colts this year is going to be defense, offensive line play, and not having Philip Rivers have to win you games because I just don't think Philip Rivers is capable of this at the point at this point in his career. Um, so the Colts are certainly interesting, um, but you know now you're going to get to you know t- another other team here in the South, the Texans. A lot of questionable moves this year. Um, David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you know Randall Cobb coming in. You know obviously they have two speed receivers. Um, you know that's how you know they're planning on doing things of that nature. Um, you have Duke Johnson. You have David Johnson. Deshaun Watson. Uh, one of the greatest young quarterbacks in the league right now. The defense. JJ Watson, another year older. Obviously played fantastic last year. I think we're in a situation now where the Texans are in a tough spot. I think for years they were able to finish very highly in this division, nine and seven, you know that type of thing. But I don't think that's going to be good enough this year, you know, nine and seven. I think the Tennessee Titans are, are a team that's going to be able to win double-digit games. I think the Indianapolis Colts are another team that's going to be able to win double-digit games. So you're going to get two playoff teams taking us to a total of three here. I think the Tennessee Tennessee Titans are going to win the AFC South. I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to be a wild card at worst team from the AFC South. Tennessee and Indianapolis, those should be two really, really good football games this year coming this fall. AFC West, uh, you know, obviously Super Bowl reigning champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, everything just looks bright for them right now. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes in. Um, you were able to get the Chris Jones situation handled. Patrick Mahomes now handled long-term. You look at the competitors in the West, Chargers, Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, obviously Justin Herbert, you know, 
time's going to tell how that works out of the quarterback position. I don't think it's going to be good enough here to warrant a playoff spot just yet in the AFC West. Um, you look at the Denver Broncos, and I know a lot of people are excited about the Broncos. Um, you know, and Drew Locke, obviously, you know, you've added him some weapons, and now you, whether it's Sutton, you know, whether it's Hamler, whether it's Judy, the weapons are there. The Melvin Gordon signing for me is still, still kind of weird. I think he's going to make more money that play less than Philip Lindsay. You're hoping Bradley Chubb, you know, comes back without any issues of, you know, from the ACL injury. You're hoping Von Miller, um, which was a tough year last year for Von Miller. You're hoping you're still going to get one more dominant Von Miller season and one of the best safety tandems in the AFC. But I still think the Broncos maybe are one year away as well. The Las Vegas Raiders, just an absolute mystery. There's just no way around it. Derek Carr, you know, the moves made at the wide receiver position. You know, they added a ton to it. Um, the defense, you know, still maybe lacking a couple of parts. You know, I was not a huge, huge fan, uh, you know, of the first round pick of, you know, the almost 24-year-old cornerback out of... <clears throat> Ohio State, <clears throat> pardon me. So I think in the AFC West, we will now get to four playoff teams. I think the Kansas City Chiefs will win the division easily. I don't think the Chargers, Broncos, or Raiders, um, between the three of them, there's going to be enough done to grab themselves a wild card. So now we get to the AFC North. Uh, it's hard to believe you know, with the gap that which the Baltimore Ravens won this division last year that anybody else but the Baltimore Ravens are going to win the division. Look, Browns fans, I'd love to tell you I think the Browns can win the division, but unless Baltimore suffers some major injuries or the deficiency in play just goes down drastically, I just don't see how it's going to happen. Um, so I do believe the Ravens are in. Look, the Bengals, and you know we've been making jokes for a while here now, the Bengals had a really, really strong offseason. They were able to get some free agents finally into Cincinnati, which is not something they've been able to do now for, for years. Uh, drafted really well, possibly on the verge of bringing in Mike Daniels, a player I was hoping the Browns would get their hands on. Um, the Bengals really, really putting it together. Um, is there enough that you know you think they can maybe go from drafting number one overall to making a wild card? It's just hard to believe that you can make a seven, eight game turnaround. Um, it's rarely, rarely done in this league. So I, I have a hard time believing the Cincinnati Bengals could turn it around that much in one season. I could be wrong. I just don't see it. So that brings me to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. These are my final two teams entering the 2020 playoffs from the AFC. Looking at the Steelers' defense, and Bud Dupree obviously brought back on the front franchise tag 11 and a half sacks last year. T.J. Watt probably on the verge of signing to be the highest paid player on the defensive side of the ball, if not one of the highest paid players on the defensive side of the ball. Devin Bush is a player that just continues, will continue to grow in his second year. He was outstanding as a rookie. Um, <coughs> his agility, <coughs> his athleticism, just a fun, fun player to watch. Uh, as you Brown fans know, it was a player I loved. And of course, you know, most of the players I loved through the draft process have found their way and homes in the AFC North. The Minka Fitzpatrick signing um, just covered up a lot of deficiencies within that secondary. Um, the cornerback play and, you know, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, um, it's not really gone so great, but you were able to bring in a stabilizing force like Minka Fitzpatrick, who can do everything at the position. It's really, really stabilized, stabilized them. The Browns, I just think with the leadership that Andrew Berry is going to bring to this team, Kevin Stefanski, his work ethic, his attention to detail within this offense, where they have replenished 
the tight end position. They have replenished the offensive line position. You are going to get Kareem Hunt for 16 games. Um, It looks like you will have a healthy Odell Beckham and a healthy Jarvis Landry. Defensively, it's going to be a question about the linebacker play. But again, as we've discussed, the linebacker play is not going to be that important when you're playing five and six defensive backs for a major amount of time. Are they still tinkering on defense? Obviously, they wanted to be in on Vinnie Curry. They tried to be in. Um, So your seven playoff teams for the AFC in 2020, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, and the Indianapolis Colts, your seven teams from the AFC to make the 2020 playoffs. Season's coming. Training camp starts on Friday. Guys, it's time to get some fresh apparel for the 2020 season. And there's no better way to gear up than to gear up with Zabo Apparel. S-Z-A-B-O. ZaboApparel.com. The store in Vermilion, Ohio. Zabo is a wonderful product put together by a wonderful family. Brian Zabo, former uh, you know, former military, two children, currently active, act, uh, currently serving actively. Um, the products, it's a quality uh, they stand up to a wash. Um, you know, I have several, several of their shirts, sweatshirts. Everything holds up. Um, you know, they, the lettering doesn't tear. Brian Zabo, Zabo Apparel, they do a fantastic job. You need apparel for the 2020 season. You need ZaboApparel.com. Um, there's been a lot of talk here about the college season and, you know, if it does essentially you know, die on the table, which kind of looks like is coming. Um you know, players are trying, the college football players, and I give them every credit in the world because they are really, 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 you know, busting their butts here. So, you know, with that, you know, uh, you applaud the kids and, you know, I'd love to see this work out for them. Um, but if it doesn't, will the NFL take an opportunity here? Will they drop into a Friday market? Will they drop into a Saturday market? Will it kind of be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday type of thing from the NFL? If the NFL is uh, going to lose a lot of money this year, and most likely they're going to lose some money here, the best way to do this is to turn this into Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Get your product to be the main product. I mean, if you're going Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, you are dominating television. Absolutely dominating it. The NFL is a juggernaut. They know how to make money, and they know how to make it hand over fist. So yes, the NFL will dip into the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday market if there is no college football. Gobble it up to you know basically recoup a lot of money they have lost uh, and are going to lose through the 2020 season. We've got some listener questions here today from from everybody and guys. I appreciate you thoroughly. This always, always you know just helps me and it, it lets me know that you, you guys are vibing with me day in day out, which I do appreciate. From Mister Ohio. How involved will Higgins be? Rashard Higgins, it's interesting. Look, Rashard Higgins and Baker Mayfield, again, the relationship between the two and the on-field communication, they just get each other. And it's and it's rare when this happens between a quarterback and a wide receiver that don't have much of a history. They didn't have much of a history. Just came in and it just kind of like clicked. When Rashard is zigging, Baker knows. When Rashard is zagging, Baker knows. Um, obviously, this was a really, really difficult part of why the offense didn't succeed in 2019 with you know Rashard Higgins and the whole situation, whatever went on. I think Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, they probably poked around 2018 and saw that there was a really good relationship between these two. Um, Rashard Higgins, his competition, look, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 
I know you're saying sixth round pick, but you don't usually get elite athletes like Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth round. This coming into this situation where he is with, you know, really, really superb talent. Um, his athletic traits can fit all of this. The opportunity for Donovan Peoples-Jones to succeed is here. But don't sleep on Rashard Higgins. Don't sleep on the fact, you know, that, you know, he and Baker have just, you know, a, a working relationship that is just fantastic. Rashard Higgins, um, if he can find success early, he can maybe hold off the rookie. But the rookie has athletic ability that Rashard does not. So there could be the opportunity there for maybe a torch passing somewhere within the season. From Casey Kinneman, with no preseason games, which returning defensive starter has the most to prove to the new coaching staff during training camp? Pretty good question, because if you're going to look at it this way, there really isn't a returning starter at safety. Um, at the linebacker position, the only one is Mac Wilson. Um, on the defensive line, um, you're obviously going to return all four of them. For me, it's Larry Ogunjobi. Um, Sheldon Richardson has been in this game for a long time and has proven his worth. Miles Garrett has proven his worth. Olivier Vernon, and it's not always sexy, but you talk to coaches, you talk to guys who work within you know, coaching rooms. Guys who grade out on film are invaluable. It doesn't matter that you didn't flash in the box score. It doesn't matter that your personal stats aren't, you know, through the roof. Guys who do their job and do what is required of them and asked of them are worth their weight in gold in the NFL. It's it's paramount. Um, and Ver- Olivier Vernon is one of those guys. And yes, there have been times in his career where he's put up some really, really gaudy numbers statistically. But to do your job, play in, play out. Coaches absolutely love it. And that's where Olivier Vernon comes in. Larry Ogunjobi. The time is coming to an end here as far as his first contract with the Cleveland Browns. There is nothing on the table as far as whether he'll be here in 2021. He's really, really changed the type of player he's been in his time here in Cleveland. Uh, early on, you know, big, strong, and weighed a lot. Now going more svelte, trying to rely his game more on quickness. Um, does that translate to this Joe Woods system? We're going to see how it works out for Larry Ogunjobi this year. Um, is he doing the right thing for himself as what is best for his game? We're going to see how that translates this year. Larry Ogunjobi is, and even for Andrew Barry, Larry Ogunjobi is a much different player um, from the year Andrew Barry left this franchise and came back to what he is now. Um, you know, relying the game more on quickness and you know not just the brute strength and brute size. Um, he's always been quick. He's even quicker now. But the question is, is he going to be able to hold up against a 325-pound guard? We're going to see how that plays here this year. Larry Ogunjobi's got a lot to prove. Um, from the... Uh, I'm going to make sure we get this right. From at Fantasy Messiah underscore. Who is more of a producer this year? Harrison Bryant or Donovan Peoples-Jones? The thing here is... For Harrison Bryant to have big success or even moderate success, he's got to be able to do to both parts of the position. If he's not going to be able to block well enough, it's going to be a tell when he comes on the field. So it puts Harrison in a tough situation. You know, obviously we're going to start to get to see starting Friday what Harrison Bryant can do as a blocker. Donovan Peoples-Jones, look, athleticism can just be thrown out there and can find a way to succeed. 
You talk about returnability, which he's got. You talk about the fact that he's extremely fast and extremely athletic. You put him out there. If you put him out there in a fourth, four wide receiver set, he's going to get the least amount of attention of the four out there. Um, if he is out there in a three wide receiver set and Austin Hooper's on the field, he's still going to get the least amount of attention. Attention. Whenever Donovan Peoples-Jones is on the field, almost no matter what the case is, he is going to see the least amount of attention from the defense. And that's scary for a world-class athlete like Donovan Peoples-Jones. So me, and I know it seems weird, and I keep hyping him up as a sixth-round pick, I think the opportunity is really there for Donovan Peoples-Jones to find a nice little amount of success here in his rookie season with the Cleveland Browns. Appreciate you guys for the listener questions. Um, I've got to know uh, new offensive guard Javon Fair a little bit. Uh, I gave you my prediction for the seven AFC playoff teams here in the 2020 season. Going to continue to roll on through this week, put together great shows for you guys. Um, I think Friday, we'll either put out one early Friday and then maybe we'll give a recap um, you know, after we get to watch uh, you know, training camp. Looking Obviously looking forward to that as much as all of you guys are as well. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.